I was like, I was like scrolling through Twitter and I saw like people, um, someone, someone tweeted like, if you, uh, if you have a time machine and then like you, um, transport to someone in their twenties in the nineties or something like that, like they will never want, want to come back. And I was just like, I like, I replied and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like someone from now? Yeah, 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 so like someone from now, like a 20 year old, like let's say us okay. for sure, got transported. got transported into the 90s that they will never, like, they will never want to like come back oh, into the oh. present. Yeah. I was you like, said no. I said no. <laughs> I was like, nah. <laughs> I'm good here. I'm good here, dude. We got good technology. Yeah, the world's a little bit more fucked up, but it's more. Uh, but would I want to live my 20s? But in the would 90s? I want to Not live really. my 20s? In, yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking roar 20s. No. Even though I was born in the 90s. Yeah, I think like the 90s are... I don't know. I just feel like people that live in, in the nostalgic are like, there's better stuff to live for, you know? Yeah. Or like people that are always like, I was born in the wrong... I was born in the wrong generation. Like, no, if you... Like, no. Like, if you lived... If you lived like like say like some people are like oh man I was born in the wrong time like I wish I would have been born in the 60s. Okay, go back to the 60s. Like the 60s had their own particular issues. Go back to WW2. You know? Yeah, it wasn't like all fun and games like you think. Yeah, no, it wasn't no, no, just no. nice skirts and like Exactly. You know like that I don't I don't think that's a valid uh argument argument to point. go back. Yeah, to make it. Know? Yeah, it's like everyone had every era had like its own thing uh, own issues pros and cons yeah exactly yeah. but uh unless you, the 90s outweighs the the pros outweighs the cons then i guess but no like oh no we don't know i wouldn't even go back to the early 2000s if i'm honest with you <laughs> <laughs> like and i don't think i would go if i had the option to move to the future i don't think i would go either Fair. No, 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 yeah, fair, fair. I was like talking to myself because I saw it and then I was like thinking about it to myself and mm -hmm. I'm like, no. Nah, thinking think. or talking to yourself? I was I was doing both at okay. the same time. Uh, I was like, no, nah, like, you know, every, we should appreciate the present and look forward to the future. Right, right. It's kind of like. That's what, what make, uh, that's what makes the past nostalgic because nostalgic, you have like a, a good memory of it. But I think that's how that's how it should stay yeah you shouldn't want to go back or go forward or, like yeah well i mean i mean i guess you can go i forward, mean go forward but like but appreciate the, the yeah the present. where you are yeah, right yeah. now it's kind of like with people that get their cards read and like their future and all that like yeah. i feel like that's really bad because then you not that you know what's coming but it's like you expect it to happen so then your expectations are either really high or really low also you you can like you mess with it, you know, like yeah, like um, like you fuck it up for yourself, basically. Yeah, you fuck it up for yourself. Like you can like um, you even if that wasn't your path, even, like you'll you, take you choices make it to happen. go that you, way. Yeah, 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 you make it happen. That's that's the messed up part, and I don't think a lot of people see that. They're just like, oh, I want to know like stupid things, you know, like when am I gonna get married, or like when am I gonna meet the love of my life Meet like the, shit the, like the that one yeah yeah it's always that it's like pointless you just ruined your whole life for nothing for nothing yeah but anyways welcome back everyone welcome back welcome back to our channel <laughs> another episode of i got something to say my name is victor my name is julieta and today on this episode we got something to say about endangered animals yes 
Uh, specifically, I think Jules and I did. We chose one animal mm-hmm. to bring awareness, and uh, we're gonna kind of like talk about it and like see what's what's the um, main points, the main, what yeah. um, what efforts are being put in place, and you know a little bit of background. Just yeah, yeah personal like, uh, stories here. Why they're being hunted, and yeah, and basically that. Yep. Jules, you want to go first? I guess, like always. Um. So. Which animal you pick? <coughs> so guess. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go ahead again. Like we were having, we were talking about before we were, we started recording. You chose a turtle. I did not. Oh, you did. <laughs> I didn't. Oh shit. Um. In that case, I'll give you a clue. A jaguar? No. Oh, no. close though. Well, ah. it's close because that's what I was gonna pick. But okay, I'll give you okay. a clue. An elephant. She's stretching her hand, but I, don't <laughs> I know. have a tattoo of a, an a animal. Butterfly. Yes, oh. there you go. Not any butterfly, but a monarch butterfly. The monarca. Yeah, mm, I knew it. <laughs> I've seen a couple of them when I used to live in Mexico. Yeah, because they make their way through there. They go down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Got a I little know. biologist over like. here. Excuse me. Um. So I guess I'll start off by saying like what an endangered species is. And it's a species that's very likely to become extinct in the near future, either worldwide or in a particular like region. Mm-hmm. So I chose the monarch butterfly. Um, in 1966, Congress passed the Endangered Species Preservation Act, which mandated a federal list of endangered animals and prohibited the taking of the animals on this list. So you can't hunt them. You can't take them. You can't keep them as pets. You have to preserve them, basically. And so the butterfly, um, they travel between 1,200 and 2,800 miles from the U.S. to Canada and then also to the Mexican forest, like you said that you've seen them. And these butterflies hibernate in the mountain forests and because of the extreme climate, and it provides them a better chance to survive. So can you imagine these butterflies, which are, we like, I see a butterfly as an insect, you know, like a little thing that can't really fly that far yeah, or yeah. that fast you know because i feel like we see insects as very like in a grotesque like temporary way. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. like cualquier cosa los mata, or they're not gonna live that long because insects don't have long lifespans i so, mean i'm okay with them as long as they don't come inside my house <laughs> once you're in my house it's a different story it's a different story <laughs> endangered or not you're going it depends. It depends on, on the mood. Sometimes I will like pick them up and then just like drop them off outside. Yeah. But if it jumps, I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I feel you though. Like honestly, I used to be super scared of butterflies. I still am. Just like not scared, but me dan ansias. Like to see them on me, like their little feet. And That's funny because everyone that goes me. to the, to the, uh, in the Tennessee They're aquarium, sucking thing. you know how like Whatever in the Tennessee aquarium, there's like this yeah. little room just for for butterflies. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because everyone's trying to like catch one on the yeah. finger or whatnot. That would freak me out. I would and run. You're that's like, like the nope. last. That's <laughs> the like, last nope. place I will go. Yeah, um, they still freak me out a little bit. But um, so these butterflies live only about four to five weeks. Ooh. So can you imagine like how fast they is that, fly? Is that doable? Is that doable? What from here to Mexico? In four weeks for them, <laughs> yeah. So they basically spent their entire, I guess, life Migrating. traveling. <laughs> yeah, they're wow. um, 
what are what are they called? They're travel addicts. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So um, the problem with these butterflies is obviously like climate change has really affected their patterns and like where they can actually go. Um, especially their winter hibernation grounds in Mexico and their summer breeding grounds in the U.S. Um, and it's having a, like I said, an impact on their, on their migration, basically. Yeah. Um, so the deforestation in Mexican forests, coupled with um, like farmland, you know how they're cutting down trees and making farms instead, like for cows and stuff like that. Well, are they? Yeah. You didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I thought we still have. I thought everyone still had a cow. <laughs> I don't like I your sarcasm. I don't like milk. your sarcasm. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah, you know, like this is something that's going on. So like, butterflies can't lay their eggs on, like plants and shit, or they can't. They don't have a habitat in general. So um, that's a problem. Also, like herbicides and pesticides kill off either like the pollinators. I mean the. The pollinator is the butterfly, but like the plants that they use to feed on and stuff. Like I think milkweed is one of them, and that's like one of the main things that gets killed. So yeah. they don't have that. Okay. Um, that's where they lay their eggs, actually, on milkweed. Oh, okay. okay. And um, so it's a specific plant. Yeah. Wow. It's only on that plant that wow. they do it. So, uh, some things that are going on is just like, um. You know, there's financing, providing technical assistance for sustainable projects like tree nurseries, mushroom produ- production, education, and tourism management. And that's like the main stuff that they're doing to try to bring awareness to this. And like, but really, it's a problem that's not going to be fixed unless we change like agriculture. And that's not going to happen in the near future. So, no, especially since uh, we've reached, uh, I think, I don't know if we talked about it here, but we have reached a point to where. Uh, we cannot sust- it, uh, the ratio between how much food we make mm-hmm. and the population is not sustainable anymore. yeah so uh, so yeah yeah there's a lot of issues there I mean like and we use you know a shit ton of pesticides herbicides every, anything that kills a plant like we yeah, basically yeah. use it so that's a major problem um, a cool story though is when I went to Costa Rica we went to this like um, not a botanical garden, but it was like a sanctuary yeah. for like animals, and they had a little spot with butterflies where they like land on you and shit. And I was freaking out, but I went in, and like the guy told me that he had a butterfly farm, so his he was doing it like to to como se dice I can't remember in English because I speak Spanish. Um, like to contribute to this like conservation let's say yeah yeah so he would literally farm butterflies okay and he said he would grow them from like caterpillars obviously and then he would sell them to people because sometimes people wanted them so since they have such a short lifespan he would like raise them they would have babies and stuff and when they died he would sell them dehydrated oh okay okay so yeah he made like and he would also sell the the frames and stuff Mm -hmm. okay okay yeah but that was mm. his way of contributing. How should they cause? That's a good question. To like to have a farm or no, 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 no. to like if to like, buy one. If every every frame, yeah, yeah, that he sold per se. Every dehydrated butterfly. I would say like 
10 to 40 dollars which i mean if you think about how butterflies were reproduced that's a lot of money that's a lot of money yeah yeah it was a good he said it was a good business for him okay so. okay that's also like that's a lot of work yeah it if he's is. doing it all by himself i'm pretty sure he's i think he he was like he had like a couple people him. helping him but that's why yeah. he did say it was a lot of work it's a lot of work yeah, yeah. i was about to say like um yeah. i mean it's very like specific i don't i don't know if i could farm butterflies but i mean if is there uh, I don't know like how many butterflies? I guess how many butterflies? How many kids can a butterfly have? <laughs> I guess. It sounds like a a little kid book. Let me look that up real quick. You can cut this out. Elevator music. So okay, they can lay about three hundred to a thousand eggs. I mean, survive. About, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> so, yeah, it's about 300 to 1,000. You know, about maybe like a third of them survive. Okay, okay. You know, okay. like so there's he, there's always things that are going against. So, he's got 100. Nature. Butterfly. Her butterfly. Every three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, what happens if. If he reaches like capacity, I I would like. I think he also gave them to like, cause you know, there's a lot of there's a shit ton of parks. Excuse my language, um, with like butterflies and stuff. You know, even here in Georgia, I think Callaway Gardens has like a butterfly sanctuary. Also, mm-hmm. I've never been there, but I so think like he donates. Yeah, so he no, he sells it. Oh, to he like sells so he places sells, like that. I guess the eggs. Yeah, or the. I don't think he sells the butterflies because that would be like that would no be point. Too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sells the eggs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. I thought interesting. that was that was cool. You know, when you think of an endangered species, you don't really think of like a butterfly. A butterfly. You know, you think of like a panda or a polar bear, which they are. Which um, that should just show you that like no matter how small or how big the animal is, like it can still be affected by things that we do so climate change is you know affecting even the smallest of insects my last question is how how does a how does a monarch butterfly affect um the ecosystem well their main job is to pollinate so i'm sure you've seen the bee movie we've seen save the bees Okay, well, I mean, you know, same concept. Yeah, save the bees. Um, Yeah, so, you know, without pollinators, we don't have anything, basically. Nothing can grow without being pollinated. Gotcha. And also, I mean, they control, like, populations of smaller insects, so there's a balance. Do they feed on other insects? Like, you know, like, small mosquitoes and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's a balance, you know, if you remove anything from its ecosystem, it's going to throw everything off. Yeah, it's going to throw everything off balance. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, no matter how small, <laughs> uh, it still has an impact on everything. I don't know if you've heard of the butterfly effect. Yes. Think of it like that. And drop the mic. <laughs> All right. So, uh, mine is actually a typical typical animal that we all know of. It's being talked about uh, a whole lot. Uh, 
there's this is like the white and the the black rhinos so uh they kind of go hand in hand not really they they you can still find them like different sections uh, throughout the the country of africa but uh they they have like similar uh uh statistics so the pop so i'm gonna go ahead and say like the black rhino for example the population actually declined dramatically declined in the 20th century whenever European hunters and settlers started to hunt them down. Uh, and then between the 1960s and the 1995, black rhinos, uh, their numbers actually dropped by a 95% and which reduced their numbers to whatever it was to like 2,500. Yeah. And then, but since then, the, like, there's been, like, a tremendous amount of work to, like, trying to bring those numbers back up. Mm-hmm. And as in right now, they are still considered endangered. However, they're not as badly endangered. I mean, since then, we they've been able, to, uh, organizations and activists, they've been able to bring up that number to uh, double. Okay. So now, currently, right now, there's, like, around, it's in the 500 I mean, 5,600 numbers in, in terms of populations. Uh, and uh, so that's that's on their population a little bit. So again, like why they mattered, like Jules said, like everything has, uh, it's at the ecosystem, it's like echo. Ecosystem. The ecosystem is ecosystem, really, same thing. it's really, um, it's really fragile. It's really, yeah, it's, what was it? Fragile. Fragile. Yeah, that's the word I'm trying to find. Yeah. It's really fragile. Like you mm-hmm. literally throw one thing away and then everything yeah. goes to shit. I think honestly, like the only thing you could remove from an ecosystem and the ecosystem would actually thrive as a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh so rhinos are one of the oldest groups of mammals. They're literally like living fossils. Like they've been through it <laughs> <laughs> they're literally dinosaurs they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. <laughs> uh so they play an important roles in their habitats and the countries like namibia namibia uh they're like an important source of income uh for eco eco tourism uh the protection of black rhinos creates large blocks of lands to for con- con- conservation. conservation purposes uh, which also benefits elephants. Okay. Um, so now, why are they endangered? So, or why, what are the threats for them? And they are uh, rhino, I'm not, uh, poaching basically is one of the deadliest, the, the most common for most animals that are uh, endangered. Yeah. Uh, rhinos are the same thing because they have the little horns and shit. Uh, so, but they've been greatly uh in political stabilities and wars have uh have a greatly hampered rhino conservations work in africa uh most notably in Ang- angola uh rwanda somalia and how you say sudan sudan yeah. and then uh the situation has been exacerbated threats such as trade in rhinos horns and uh which has increased its poaching 
due to poverty in these countries. Now, today, black rhinos remain critically endangered because of the rising demands for the horns, because uh, Asian consumers, particularly Vietnam and China, they believe that, uh, or well, they use them for like uh, old folky remedies. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, next poaching, a loss of habitat contributes to its uh, rhino population because now like a bunch of these lands have been used for farming and like agriculture purposes. So they've been losing land. So human activities as well. Like I've just said, like agriculture, settlements, infrastructure development has basically lost, uh, has been the cause for the loss of habitat. Now, what are organizations doing? So this one is called World Wildlife. You can actually support them online. You can adopt an animal, apparently. Is this WWF? Yeah, this is the WWF one. Uh, so WWF has been launching uh, international efforts to save the wildlife wildlife since um, 1961. They've been rescuing black rhinos, among with other species, from the brink of extinctions. And uh, I mean, thanks to like thanks to organizations like them, like I've said before, they been able to grow the populations from the, the 2000 numbers in 1995 up to more than 5,000 today. Uh, also, they've been in with, uh, they've been working with government government um, agencies uh, in Africa to support law enforcement agencies and develop and build an innovative tech solution and equip trained rangers to stop uh, poachers. Uh, for example, in Namibia, WWF is leading a consortium of national NGOs to help implement the country's ambitious law enforcement strategy to combat wildlife uh, trafficking. Uh, let's say in Kenya, WWF works with rangers to stop poaching in high-risk areas. Uh, they help to provide the proper training and technology to catch and to deter the poachers. And let's say in South Africa, the WWF trains law enforcement agencies to address wildlife trafficking challenge, which uh, they help. Uh, they've been trying to monitor a network. They play vital roles in bilateral law enforcement efforts between South Africa and Vietnam. Now, something else that's been helping out with rhinos, and this is the more controversial one. This is yeah. why I chose uh, this one, uh, rhinos <laughs> specifically. It's because another way to help out rhinos uh, has been ironically been um, trophy hunting. I was actually just about to ask you about that. Trophy hunting. So if people don't know what trophy hunting is, it's basically is defined as a specific and selective legal form of wildlife use that involves payments for a hunting experience and then the acquisition of the trophy. So let's say if we were trophy hunting a deer, it would be like it's um, antlers. Yeah. If uh, you or were a to, lion. <laughs> a, a, yeah. You know. Uh, I think that's one of the most like controversial things, but it's like in a country that has a lot of poverty, and like that's one of like that's one of the ways that they can sustain any conservation in not country continent. Continent. Yeah. Um. But that's like one of the main ways that they can support that type of conservation. Yeah. But then it's like, but you're killing but it's also like you're the killing, other animals. So yeah. why? 
Well, uh, do you think that it it is like, is it more beneficial than it is harmful, or do you think it's like more one way than the other? We'll get to it in a little bit. I'll give yeah. you my personal opinion after I state the facts. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, truffing hunting has been permitted for like southern white rhinos and South Africa since 1968. And the numbers hunted per year have been determined by the rhinos owners. Now, by what I mean by rhino owners is because uh, they live in private land. So if you have, let's say you had like this private land in Africa, then, and you have a rhino inside that land, technically that rhino is kind of yours. And you can, I mean, like there's, I'm pretty sure there's like legal forms and yeah. shit like that. But uh, so, but it's also like your responsibility to maintain for the rhino, uh, like, take not take care of it but like but like make sure that monitor yeah yeah uh so in 2004 uh the convention on international trade and the convention on international trade and endangered species uh which is a uh, c-i-t-e-s or i'm just gonna call it sites <laughs> Uh, so they approve a quota application by Namibia and South Africa to allow each country to offer a maximum of five black rhino trophy hunts per year, but only of black male rhinos meeting certain criteria. And these criteria are uh, the rhino is either old, they are either post-reproductive bulls, uh, they may have like a detrimental effect on the overall rhino population, um, which means that they're either aggressive or like territorial, and it, it kind of like harms the the rhino population overall. Right. So, um, and uh, so, and they've seen that by removing <coughs> that problem individual, that may enable a higher growth rate for a greater genetic diversity of the population as a whole. Uh, now, what is the impact of trophy hunting? So today, approximately 50% of the South African um, rhinos are privately owned. Uh, so this means that... You said what? What percentage? Sorry. 50%. Yeah, so half of it, or maybe less or a little bit more than half yeah. of it are privately owned. So since trophy hunting was permitted for white rhinos in 1968... The population of southern white rhinos has increased from the 1800s to 18,000 in 2018. So an increase, this is for the white rhino, an increase has been seen in the numbers of black rhinos as well. So they went from 3,500 in 2004, whenever this entire thing by the sites was introduced, to in the 5,500 in 2018 so there's so there's an increase in in that population but it's like at what cost are you well that, raising that you know because uh you know like if people want to take care of it like well if there's a finance you know people if there's a financial <laughs> incentive yeah exactly yeah. they're gonna keep up with all these stuff you know like uh, like 
if that's 5,000, I mean, that's five rhinos per year. And I'm pretty sure these people are paying millions of dollars. Yeah. I don't know if millions, but I a lot of a money, couple, though. Like a few. I mean, thousand. imagine like it's a rhino. Exactly. <laughs> you're not going to pay $20 to shoot that. Oh, no, no. You're not going to pay like $1,000, $2,000 to go kill it. No, you're paying a lot of money to go hunt these things. So, so that money allows for them to like being able to, to conserve. Yeah. Uh, this uh the rhinos and and everything so there there's a there's obviously an incentive um however not everything is perfect you know like also uh but also they're killing like old rhinos <laughs> for the sake of uh, newer oh, generations newer, yeah so i guess i don't know i mean it's still very controversial it's still very controversial yeah because sometimes sorry to cut oh, you off. Keep, yeah. but like sometimes um say it's like to conserve like preserve whatever um the rhino population then they go trophy hunting but it's not necessarily a rhino mm. like it could be like a giraffe or a lion oh, okay, 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 or okay. some some other animal that probably well, is I'm, not I'm, like they're they're really it's I'm like on sure, the verge of <laughs> and yeah, well, being in i'm pretty sure they're really like well because keeping up with these rhinos it's it's a lot of money because you have to spend money on security and no i mean and i'm not stuff. saying like so there's no way like you can go in say you want to kill a rhino and then walk out with a giraffe I don't no think that's... no but i'm saying they do that though like you pay to kill a giraffe but that money say like goes towards that conservation but you're killing a different animal it's not always like oh you're only killing the rhino for the rhino you're killing the lion for the rhino and the elephant and this and that you know well, I, know. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm saying, like, gotcha. if like, we're talking about trophy thing, hunting yeah. in general, I'm just saying, like, I'm not picking on you. It's just like, yeah, they also do it to other animals. So do you think that that's sustainable? It's more sustainable than just letting people have at it. It's more control. Yeah. It's, it's like here, like we have like our like you have like deer season. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing because you're also controlling the population of deers. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, like you said, it's controversial. Yeah, so like, it could uh, go either way. Yeah, so like in terms of rhinos, let's say, uh, it's 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 controlling the the population. You know, you can only do so many a year, mm -hmm. and that's a good way, because it's not like. Well, I mean, it seems like the numbers are increasing yeah. pretty fast. So yeah, and so like, and you're not like removing like it's like trees. You know, like you're not removing the the newer the greener trees right. so removing the old ones the ones that already have maybe a health problem the ones that are causing trouble to the population mm -hmm. uh, it's you're it's really control yeah yeah so I, I think that's um that's the way i see it would i want to no uh but for now i think unless we all spend uh like everyone you know yeah. spends millions of dollars donating to these organizations so mm -hmm. we don't have to i think that would be so much better yeah but because that's not a realistic thing trophy hunting it's just an alternative but i was going to get that to the to the last part yeah yeah <laughs> uh so there there are troubles with i guess like trophy huntings yeah um for example <laughs> in 2012 oh they had to like uh sites have to like keep a close eye like they have to keep a close eye to it uh 
for example, in 2012, Vietnamese criminal gangs, they were like taking advantage of South Africa's um, legal loopholes and mm-hmm. trophy hunting. And by recruiting, I guess, uh, individuals with like no hunting skills, we'll call them proxies. Mm-hmm. So they were hiring these proxies hunters uh, to go and and um, to pose as trophy hunters. They'll like kill them, whatever. And then they will like export the horn to Vietnam. And under this loophole thingy, uh, Vietnam killed 400 rhinos under legally, uh, like legally they killed it, on, but they killed like 400 rhinos doing it this way until they finally caught up and they're like, yeah, no, we're gonna, um, Vietnam, we're gonna suspend your, your permit like um your hunting license for rhinos and then uh, for the whole country for the whole country oh. yeah and then out of nowhere uh like there was a decline in the market because of this mm-hmm. which is okay but there's also uh an increase in other countries so they're just like uh we're gonna ban everybody yeah we're just gonna ban everybody. <laughs> it's because you know like when there's it's like uh, uh, yeah, let's say so they like legalized weed here. There's yeah. always going to be a black market under that for the people that can't legally get it. Yeah, exactly. You know? so, so it's just like, uh, so while they did like see like a decrease of, of hunting applications in South um, East Asian, they saw like a suspicious rise in other countries. So they're, they're trying to keep an eye, a close eye on it. Um, but on really rare occasions, there, there's been any like trophy hunting or any abuse in the trophy hunting system. Mm-hmm. So at least, at least from the like sources that I've controlled. seen, yeah, they all agree that there's been like a small little abuse into it. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing. Um, so since 2004, oh yeah, so to the, since 2004, the cost of protecting a single white rhino has increased by 348% due to the poaching crisis and rising securities costs. So this is why I was gonna go, uh, I was gonna go into the to the other thing. Like mm-hmm. personally, trophy hunting is not uh, an idea I would support. Yeah, it does it does provide a lot of money for right. for those, and I, it's not a bad system either. However, I would I would like to have other other ways such as like tourism, like you know, an in- increase in uh, tourism for like let's say um photograph photographers tourism or people that just want yeah, to like go like see the, yeah um, get the picture get, yeah yeah get some nice pictures or whatnot uh in a responsible sustainable way mm-hmm. uh it will it will like it will be a good source of income for for these conservations mm-hmm. uh for um another thing is donations to these organizations that would be a definitely a another way to to, to support to the, support mm-hmm. and um life sales so like wild security costs have risen and the life sales value of rhinos has decreased making the sale of rhinos unprofitable given the extra costs involving and in having rhinos on one's land there seems to be a less of demand so in 2013 the average price for a rhino was 38,000 and by 2018 the average has dropped to 14,000 that's good that's um or not really that's um that's an all right thing i don't know i don't Uh, know 
it's, it's just like it's you not mean, a like, bad thing but it's just the fact that security has gone up yeah uh that's a bad thing so i mean do you think that that security works i mean we don't see any i guess suspicious kind of numbers maybe like one or two here and there you know but other than that like there's no there's no there's like, nothing like off there's about nothing it. off yeah exactly um what i was gonna say is that like you know another thing that can affect um you know endangered species or any species in general is political unrest and that's something that you don't really take into consideration like how you said there's the political instability yeah, down yeah all of that over there that also that also affect yeah has a big impact large and imp- big impact on that i can't talk today i don't know why Friday. um they also like in africa there's a lot of desertification desertification going on so a lot of that land that these rhinos were grazing on it's it's gone yeah and it's going like super fast like I don't want to just throw out random numbers, but I want to say like over 50% of Africa is being desertified anyway. So there's not a lot of space left for them either. So it's a little bit like of efforts in every like little aspect, you know, in the political aspect, the climate, um, land, all of that. It's it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, I think humans overall have, I think we had a, a huge impact in the last, 100 years i think mm-hmm. i saw somewhere where uh you know it's a it's a normal thing like animals going extinct it's a normal thing yeah. but at the rate that that they've been doing it over the last 100 years it's just and by human activity it's it's just crazy yeah there's um there's just a lot of things wrong with the way we do things now yeah, but you I know. mean, I guess like nobody's gonna do anything about it, <clears throat> especially. I mean, you can talk shit, but like you can. No, yeah. Again, like like we're like we're doing right now. We can complain, and, and but the 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 real fact is, I think what I think is, nobody's ready to give up all of these convenience conveniences that we have. I think like humans, uh, we as a as a population, we just forget that. It's not just us on this planet. Like, there's literally go to the backyard and there's like at least twenty five species in that little shrub right there. Yeah, you know, and we forget that everything's interconnected. So we all have an effect on each other, whether we like it or not. And these conveniences that have come up that we don't want to let go of, they're fairly new. So it's like, well, you know, what's gonna come after us? Just it's just gonna get worse. Monkeys do it. Evolution part two. <laughs> Evolution part two. I mean, they're already having their own wars. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen, there's like this small little documentary about, uh, I don't know if it's a documentary, but it, there is a like small YouTube videos and you can find it mm-hmm. on, on YouTube. It's called uh, the three war, no, the three year war of um, monkeys, I guess. I don't know what type of monkeys they were, but um what kind of apes they were but yeah. yeah it's a three it's legit a three-year war and it's about like how this one researcher um uh, was like uh 
she was like um and she was taking part of of uh, like a three i guess not very research it was a research and she saw how this population of monkeys whenever the leader died they they split into two and ever since like they had like a, a war and it was never resolved until three years afterwards yeah like we think it goes back to what i said like we think there's no problem like outside of our own little existence you yeah. know and then there's monkeys having wars like there's monkeys the having wars. fucking political <laughs> wars dude like no and it's imagine how many more species are doing that too no, and they were doing like no they were doing like human stuff like you know like they were taking like other monkeys like as prisoners and then they were <laughs> they were like killing the the child the offsprings they were raping the 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 one i guess like the women's or the females what? whatever yeah monkeys are wild what the they were, fuck they were doing like they were going crazy human war type oh shit. my god yeah. that's fucking crazy that's kind of like this is a little off topic but like have you heard of the i don't know what they're called but they're like zombie ants no have you heard of those or no no i think i've heard of them they, yeah zombie they bite you and you become a zombie a zombie <laughs> well it's actually a fungus Ah, that inoculates that yeah an ant so like the ant is a normal ant and then this fungus like goes into it basically through like it's like it's neck oh it's like so a like right into its yeah right into its spine let's say okay okay i don't know about ant anatomy but like it attacks it and then it makes it go up a tree and it so that it. it's like on top of all the other ants so then when the fungus like takes over it drops and then all the other ants get infected and they do the same thing but the thing is that the fungus like controls everything that they do yeah, yeah, yeah like literally they did a study on it and it's like the ant is it's not it's it's like conscious of what it's doing but it's not doing it because it wants to it's gotcha. because the fungus is telling it what to do I fucked up that shit. It's like yeah. you're conscious of what you're doing, but you can't control yourself. Yeah. So they were like, can you imagine like somewhere out there, there's a fungus or a bacteria that can do the same, but to a human. So that's like how we would become zombies. And I know that's super random, but like, Bro. can you imagine? We should have we made a podcast. Nature. We should have made a podcast about random nature shit that we know. I know. Well, this is what it's turning into. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peeps. Well, thank you very much for if you made it this far. I'm pretty sure you didn't. You, I hope you did though, because it got better towards the end. It got, yeah, there's a sweet little twist towards the end. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, you already know we did uh, a good interview last year. Uh, last year. <laughs> last year, last week. Yeah, it's Friday. It's a, it's, uh, it's in Spanish. So, uh, but if you do speak Spanish, go check it out. It's, and if you don't, if you're learning, you should go check it out too. You check it out anyways. Uh, you can check, uh, talking about checking out, you can check us out on our own little, uh, our own Instagram profiles. And then you can check on at IGSTS underscore podcast underscore podcast. And then our, we're usually tagged in the pictures. So, yeah. So we'll have our, all our stuff like tagging in the description mm -hmm. you can check us out individually uh follow us on spotify follow and you can rate us on or review think, us yeah. on apple Podcasts. uh we're also on soundcloud if you like SoundCloud. You, if you're on there you know um so other than that thank you very much and thank you for exploring how yes. about butterfly mm -hmm. like monarchs butterflies and rhinos yeah we hope you learned a little something today and you go out there and do your part Save the bees.
Mm-hmm. Save the turtles. And the butterflies. <laughs> save the butterflies. Say no to plastic rhinos, straws. Say no plastic straws. I did. Uh, I was gonna say something about plastic straws, but uh, a metal straw is fed all up. I think that's a whole different. We should talk about that. We should. Yeah. Um, all right. So till the next time. Peace out. Thank you very much. Thank you.